Go ahead. As long as I can remember, I've been a compulsive overeater. And for most of my life, I weighed at least twice my ideal body weight. I was raised in a small town in Nebraska. I knew everyone in town and I was related to many of them. There were 80 people in my graduating class and I was the heaviest from kindergarten to graduation, despite my goals to be thin by ninth grade dance, prom, graduation, etc. In grade school, we would get weighed in the classroom. The school janitor, Shorty, would put the scale on the cart that was used to deliver milk to the classrooms every morning. I learned to be very discerning about the clanks the cart would make. When the scale was placed on the cart, there was a very metallic clank, which would send me home with the excuse that I wasn't feeling well. Eventually, I'd be called down to the office and the nurse would weigh me in private. In sixth grade, Shorty changed up his routine. Rather than weighing the whole school in one day, he did a couple of classes a day. Having faked sick the first day, I came back and discovered my class had not been weighed. I heard the clank in the hallway and headed home again. After three days, my mother knew something was up and I had the courage to tell her. I even knew what time Shorty left for the day, so I'd go back the last two classes, so the last two hours so that I could be out in the evening. I, you know, I incredible CIA expertise there. She explained, um, she called the principal, Logie, who sang in the choir at our church. And she explained the situation and told my mom to have me come to the office and he would weigh me to save me the embarrassment of being weighed in class. I showed up still quite embarrassed by this imperfect solution. He weighed me and said, 178, you weigh more than I do. Humiliating. Every time I saw him at church thereafter, I would remember that I weighed more than he did. Humiliation. There were lots of other humiliations. Impossible to buy clothes in our small town. Most of the clothes I had were made by my mother. And I didn't really have the experience of shopping for clothes in a regular store until I was 60 humiliations. Tumbling in gym class was a nightmare. Living in a small town, I was never invisible, always the fattest kid in town. My memories of childhood are riddled with humiliation. I was given the name Patricia Page or Patty Page, and unfortunately, Patty rhymes with fatty. So very early, I learned to hate my name. So that's why I preferred to be called Paige. Children can be so cruel. Fatty Patty, two by four, couldn't get through the bathroom door. Childhood was a disaster. And the thing that I was humiliating to my family, I learned to make friends by being funny and helpful. My first memory of compulsive overeating involved a trip to the bakery with my mother when I was about five. She went to the bakery and got a big bag of sweet pastries because we had a harvesting crew on the farm. She then had to stop at the dealership to pick up a part. And while she, and she left me in the car. While she was gone, I ate almost half. 
she was shocked and had to return to the bakery and then put the bags in the trunk to keep them from me. Even at age five, I was humiliated. I got out of my hometown as soon as possible. And for the next 20 years, I never lived in an address for more than a year. I lived in New York City, Minneapolis, Brookings, Las Cruces, Boston, and then on to California. I earned a BA in psychology and a master's in nutrition. I believed that I would gain enough knowledge to conquer my eating problem or the shame of being an overweight nutritionist would motivate me. It didn't. Okay, now I'm going to show you some pictures. And uh, a good friend of mine loves the poet uh, Kavafi. And she always uh, says this, and I thought this is really uh, true. In order to grow in spirit, half the house has to come down. And that's kind of what I feel like my OA experience has been for me, that the whole process of working the steps and being in these rooms is a process of letting go of half of the stuff that I thought was me and trying to fill it with things that I choose. Um, I was always knocked kneed as a child. I had started having knee problems when I was seven or eight. And uh, when I was 55, I weighed 290 pounds and no one would do my knees. And uh, so I had to lose weight in order to get my knees replaced. I could barely move. And so I got the lap band and I lost weight down to 180. And so the top pictures are my crooked knees. And then the bottom are my straight knees. You can tell by the, the piece at the bottom. And so for the first time at age 55, uh, I could walk with no pain. And uh, it, it was, it was life-changing. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, this is my weight history. And so uh, when I was 19, I moved to New York City and I drove a cab. And uh, so there I was in a car in the biggest food city in the world, just feet away. Cab stands were everywhere back then. So you could park the cab and go. I ate my way up to 220 pounds um, in three years. And uh then I realized this was going nowhere. And I left New York City and went back to the Midwest and went to school. And while I was in college, I dropped 80 pounds. And but then I gradually gained it back. And then in this time period, my husband was dying. I had a very stress, stressful job. And uh, we ended up adopting two boys that whose they were my husband's nephews. Their parents both died from um, drug-related miserable deaths. So they came to us with lots of problems and uh, they were uh, nine and 11. So um, I gained up to 290 before I had the lap band on. 
Then I dropped down to 118 with the lap band. And uh, I uh, got the lap band off and steadily gained weight until I uh, came to OA. Here I am at 270, so this is not my top. And then these are double cousins. My father's brother married my mother's sister. And so these people all have the same grandparents. Um, there's one sister that's not in this picture and uh, she has schizophrenia and she is totally bedbound and weighs over 300 pounds. And so I, I'm not the weight that I wanna be yet. I, my knees will be happiest when I weigh 135, but whenever I think that I'm not doing well, I look at this picture. Here I am at 118. And uh, people that saw these pictures, and even when I show them now, they say, oh my God, you look great. You look wonderful. It's fabulous. But if you look at the face on this picture, um, I was miserable. I was, uh, I was a mechanical bulimic. I was compulsively eating the entire time, but instantaneously I would vomit. And sometimes I would eat and vomit and then go back and eat again. And uh, I, uh, I also had lived my whole life thinking when I got rid of the weight, all my problems would go away and I would have my pick of men. Not only did I not have my pick of men, but the men I did attract, I, you know, I had some problems. It was uh, not the best. So, um, I left the hospital in April of one uh, at one fifteen and gained, gained steadily until November of 2020 when I joined OA. So from April to November, I gained like a lot of weight. I went from 115 to 160. I continued to gain in OA for six months. I got up to 185 and I'm now at 175. I now have a sponsor, a recovery circle, attend four to five meetings a week and read a lot of non-OA approved literature. I've worked the steps one time through with Martha Cleveland, Alternative 12 Steps, and I'm in the process of working the steps again with Russell Brand's recovery. I have a personal trainer that I see twice a week and I walk an additional 10 miles a week. But I'm 70, the weight doesn't come off like it used to. I've made a lot of changes that have allowed me to stop gaining weight and begin to move to a healthier weight. I've experienced a lot of recovery. Thanks to bookending and adopting a food plan, I am no longer triggered by fast food, which was a problem for me. I have decided that sugar and flour are red light foods for me. Although I do allow myself a planned sugar and flour fat food, but I do not order my own. 
I have an agreement with the, my sons that I get a bite of theirs. And that's now enough for me. And when my when we go out, sometimes at the end of the meal, my boys say, oh, I'm too full for dessert. And I go, oh, damn, you know, damn. But I don't order my own. Oddly enough, about eight to 10 months into the program, I started drinking alcohol more than ever before in my life. It reached a level where I knew I, I knew it was dangerous. So 60 days ago, I joined AA and I go to a meeting every day at 530. And I've not had a drink for 50 days. It was far easier to quit drinking than to handle my food far easier. I was surprised. There was like three or four tough days, but now, you know, as long as I hit that meeting, it's easy. I've received so many benefits from this program, but by far the most important part of this program is learning to sit with a group of wonderful, smart, caring people and be myself and not feel humiliated. The love and understanding of this tribe allow me to love myself more and enjoy my life in ways that I never thought was possible. Using food and alcohol was blocking me from enjoying the people in my life. I would meet my sons for a meal and could barely listen to them, focusing instead on the food on their plate or the buzz in my head compulsively wanting more. The only requirement to be a membership member of this fellowship is a desire to stop eating compulsively. For some people, it's a quick six-month trip to a healthy body weight. And for some people, the path takes us a bit longer. One of the most helpful things my sponsor told me was to focus on the, focus on the people and not the food. I dismissed this advice immediately. How could anything be that simple? But then gradually, when I found myself standing in this kitchen, wrestling with the food, instead of in the backyard, telling stories with my boys and their friends, I went to the backyard and it works. Focusing on the people, the real people, was something to learn also. I think my primitive brain had a trick. Sit around and critically judge people, even your own sons, and you have an excuse to eat. A huge gift getting to know my sons for who they really are. My boys are great. And let me show you. Um, this is Rick, who came to me when he was 11. And this is Alex, who came to me when he was nine. Uh, they were so screwed up, and I was not maternal. I'm still not maternal. And I just decided all I'm going to do is love them because That's they 15. were uh, they, they were screwed up. And uh, they're great. They both have good jobs. They both have love. And uh, we're, we're wonderful together. Um, and so, uh, that's it. Thank you.